Guns of the Kimbo. Guns of Kidna. Dan's a Kimbo. Hello and welcome to I Hate Your Movie, a movie podcast where I and Dan inflict films upon each other for entertainment purposes. Hello, Hello from me. No, you, you, okay. <laughs> Say again. The whole thing again? No, just hello. Oh, yeah. Hello. Hello. <laughs> Professionals. That's very natural. Yeah, absolutely. We watched Guns Akimbo, a very unlikely film where Harry Potter has guns bolted to his hands. This film started out as a meme, apparently. Daniel Radcliffe was holding his hands up and someone edited guns and then they just kind of ran with it. Wait, hold on. That's that famous image of him going like that. Is that a, is that a meme? I don't know. That's just what I've heard. I couldn't find any references to that when I was doing my research for it. I've read that somewhere or someone told me that once. Because I I knew that was a meme, but I thought it came from the movie. But it came from that. That's kind of mind-bending. Oh, it might have been like they were doing, like, not test screenings. What do they do? Like principal photography or something like that yeah and it wasn't really going to get made but then it took off on the internet from the meme it almost looks like it's a paparazzi photo okay them shooting the movie and very far away okay it's a very far away shot look this up if you want to look it up but i got the feeling that the movie kind of wasn't going to be finished unless it was for that Mm -hmm. interesting cool movie stars daniel radcliffe and Weaving. Yeah, Daniel Radcliffe and Samara Weaving as the main two people. And yeah, the plot is exactly as it says on the tin, really. Daniel Radcliffe plays Miles and he's got guns bolted to his hands. I think I can sum up the plot with my one sentence review very well. If you put the movie Crank and Scott Pilgrim Saves the World into a blender, you get this movie. <laughs> I really liked it. Yeah, <laughs> I had suspicions. I had suspicions that you liked it. Mainly because you laughed. Yeah. You laughed for yeah. the funny bits. It got me. It got me. Yeah. It got me. It's pretty good. Yeah, I liked it. It was stylistic. It was interesting. The action was very well done. Even the characterization was pretty good. Daniel Radcliffe is great. I, I never imagined him playing an everyman before, but he's pretty good at it. Really? I, w- I would think he'd be the perfect everyman, surely. Maybe because I associate him with all these weirdo films he's doing now, like Swiss Army Man. And- True. I recommended this film because I kind of hoped you would like it. I thought it was kind of in the same... Oddly in the same vein as like Atomic Blonde, like a very stylized film mm-hmm. that you can get into like the scenery of. I didn't quite remember how fun this film is. <laughs> I was watching this film and it felt like watching it for the first time a lot of the time. Some of like the one-liners, the action, the surprise deaths at certain points. Mm. I'd forgotten all about it. I really enjoyed the second watching of this film. I think Atomic Blonde had a more clear visual language than this movie this movie was kind of all over the place but i still liked it obviously atomic blonde by the way is the new inception it's the one we mention in every every episode (laughs) yeah inception was getting old (laughs) to mention a new movie it's really like crank and i like the crank movies do you yeah. Okay, I haven't seen any of the Crank films. You haven't seen the Crank movies? <laughs> no, I oh my god! <laughs> this, this changes everything. They just seem too much for me. They like, are. Too and crazy. They are. <laughs> and that's what's great about them. He's like using his asthma inhaler. It was a lot like in Crank when he's injecting himself with adrenaline and shit. All the video game references and video gamey sounds. Mm-hmm. Lots of non diegetic sounds. Which I will explain now to the (laughs) audience and Rich Evans. Oh, Uh, no, no, I'm not that guy. (laughs) I'm not best of the worst guy. uh, And Rick Evans. Thank you. That one letter separates my... You from fame. My my docile tones from... (laughs) (laughs) Diegetic means if you watch a movie and the character is listening to something that's in the context of the story, the character is listening to that. Is this shit? Never mind, Jesus, the music scene's gone to hell since I've been dead. But a non-diegetic sound is like a cartoon sound effect okay. or something like that, or power up. Something like that's not in the context of the movie. Okay, yeah, yeah. That's very video gamey yeah, and very Scott, Scott Pilgrim. Pilgrim. Very yeah, Scott yeah. Pilgrim, yeah. 
gets the one up. It's like, Bling! that's a non diegetic sound. What hit me early on, I didn't remember, is Daniel Radcliffe's American accent. It was like, for the first like five minutes or so, I found it very off putting. Oh, really? Yeah. But, you know, when someone starts like screaming and shouting, and you very easily forget about it. Mm hmm. I didn't hear anything. No? Yeah. I was completely into his character. I really, I really liked him. He's completely sold me. Tell you what, it reminded me of so at the very start of the film. Reminded me of Wanted. Yeah, I, I was thinking that. The film and the comic. Uh, yeah. By the way, if you get a chance to read the comic, Wanted, do it. It's amazing. If you get a chance to watch the film, don't. Don't <laughs> throw in the bin. Yeah. Wanted, by the way, is now number three on the worst films ever. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Boo. Yeah, it reminded me of the beginning of The Wanted as well. The Wanted. The Wanted. <laughs> the like, the, wanted. like the band. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it reminded me of that as well. And that kind of trope is this every man in a crazy violent world. Yeah. Yeah, let's get into it. Cool. Right, so, as we've said, Daniel Radcliffe is an every man. He worked for a video game company and he's not very happy about it. It was his dream to be a video game designer, but now he works for like one of those shitty mobile app companies. Yeah. With like microtransactions and he works on that and he's not happy with it. His boss is a dick. Yeah. I like the intro to this as well. Very early on he's like, I was the same as you. Flicking through the same free apps on my phone till I fall asleep. <laughs> <laughs> so he hates his job. He's fairly recently broken up with his girlfriend. He lives alone, he drinks lots of beer, but his outlet is trolling the trolls. Yeah. He goes on these message boards and he finds people posting stupid stuff and he starts arguing with them. Much like Kyle's dad in South Park. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm not sure how to feel about that. I'm not sure about trolling the trolls element. No? No. I think it's just his way of like fighting back without having to actually stand up to anyone or anything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So he goes on to the, all these like troll websites and the trolls lead him to a website called Schism. Schism is the main plot point of the film. Basically, it's a company that films people out in the real world fighting to the death. Mm -hmm. It tracks their competitors and people can see online. I think it starts out really early. It's, it's Vadim versus Nyx. Yeah, that's the first scene, right? Yeah, yeah. He finds this sick. He finds it disgusting. He wants to troll these people. But it all goes horribly wrong as the admin. <laughs> yeah. The admin for Schism messages him back and he tells him to go stick his dick in a blender. <laughs> yeah. Then the Schism admin posts his IP address. Mm -hmm. And he's like, oh shit. And he closes down the laptop and throws it away. How is he not using a VPN? Right. <laughs> as a professional troll. <laughs> and that brings us today to our sponsor, Fjord VPN. <laughs> Use Fjord VPN with the code I hate movies. Um... <laughs> Why is he not using a VPN? What an idiot. Yeah. Also, speaking of trolls, right? Yeah. We, we might run into trouble here. Ooh. With the director, if we say bad things about his movie. Because he's a known engager. In, Who is uh, he? Yeah. So it might be like this, the trolling the trolls might be based on him. Yeah, he got into trouble. He said something along the lines of, I'm not quoting him, someone should try and kill a critique. Oh, yeah, wow. That was like really bad stuff. Sorry in advance. Yeah. Jason Howden is the writer-director of this film. Yeah, a, a visual effects artist. And it shows, because the visual effects in this are very good. Most of the time. I've got a giant caveat okay. for that. A giant one. <laughs> okay. So, yeah, he throws his laptop and he falls asleep on the couch. And he has a dream about his ex. Yeah. So I wrote down this, because she's a struggling comic book artist. And she doesn't want to do it professionally. And she's like, if I did that, what am I going to do? Just quit my job and live off of ramen soaked in my own tears. <laughs> <laughs> do you relate to the struggling comic book artist um, living off ramen soaked in your own tears? Well, let me just say that buying this Pepsi Max that we're drinking now was from my last single digit of things oh on my, my account. <laughs> so it's, it's pretty bad. Subscribe to Patreon for just £1 a month. <laughs> Yeah, it's a... <laughs> At this point, it's like one of those adverts. It's like, little Susie has yeah. to walk 10 miles away. Please provide Susie with clean drinking water. Yeah, I'm going to be like a big eye, cry eye Edward for myself. <laughs> we meet the leaders of Schism. That's that guy. That guy? Yeah. What do you mean that guy? Because I don't know his name, but he's in everything. He's the main guy with the tattoos. His name's Ned Dennehy, and he plays Richter. 
yeah the leader of schism i sort of don't know how he's the leader of schism like he does not seem sane enough to build <laughs> an entire media network yeah it would have been more interesting to delve into that kind of world like what makes this schism show happen in this world because when you look any outside scenes of schism it looks like a stable kind of society yeah so it'd be interesting to see what makes this happen but we don't really get into that if i made that film i'd call it pre-schism <laughs> i don't know why that sounds rude but it does it's like jism uh, okay yeah i guess there you go pre-schism <laughs> coming to a theater near you get it Spelled C-U-M-M. <laughs> this scene's really... I, I love this scene. I love every scene in this film, actually. Like, because of the one-liners, because of the, the funny things that they say. Do you remember they threaten his hands? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Richter's like, we're not going to smash your hands. Do you remember what the guy says? He goes, aw, but why did you ask me to bring my hand-smashing hammer? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I, thought I, was I just love it. I just I would love all the one-liners of this film. There's almost a weird kind of contrast as well those minion guys and the schism world everyone's kind of hyper and kind of stylized but in the real world everyone is kind of normal it's kind of interesting to contrast those two things almost like a 80s gang movie bandanas and yeah, it was a bit yeah. like extra like Ugh. the best way to sum it up is in the film as well because when they're talking to the director He's like really trying to make it this entertaining show. And he turns around to them and is like, I'm going to direct the show and you can all stand around looking like end bosses from a Streets of Rage game. Yeah. <laughs> it is exactly like that. It is like that. Do you think that was a self-insert? Not that that director cameo, but in writing, that was kind of him getting out some of the frustration that people not letting him direct. Maybe. This movie must not have been easy to make. He didn't have a big budget and it wasn't well marketed and didn't do very well. And also, he comes from movies, titles like Deathgasm. Right. Uh, yeah, this film cost 15 million to make. Yeah, it's pretty low. It's pretty low. And it made $800,000. Yeah, state of Hollywood. In the 90s, this would have been made yeah. all the money. I think even if it was released now, it would be okay. Yeah. Do you think it's pandemic trashed it? I don't know. I think it just, like you say, it wasn't marketed very well. Yeah. Like, lots of people don't know this film exists, weirdly. Yeah. Movie making is hard, especially if you're trying to do it on cheap, but good. Yeah. Right. So he's been kidnapped. Yeah. Flashes of surgery. You obviously know what's going to happen. It's on the DVD case. Yeah. It's on the poster. And he wakes up with guns bolted to his hands. Yeah. Gun motions. Yeah. What I would say to this, and it kind of comes up later, I wasn't a big fan. He's only got 50 bullets in each gun. Mm -hmm. That's not a lot of bullets if you're fighting off. You no, know. but I think they were setting up to fail anyway. Yeah. They just didn't think about, like, he's not going to use it that much anyway. Do you want to talk about the first scene where he wakes up and he tries to do stuff? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I read it in trivia. The scene that convinced him to do the film is... Uh, him taking out his dick and trying to pee with the guns <laughs> on the side. So that's what convinced Daniel Radcliffe to do this film, apparently. I think that's a bit later. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's just really funny. He's, he's doing the everyman stuff well. He's doing slapstick well. It was like really awkward with it and he can't do much and drops some stuff. Tries to pick up his phone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is, so the first bit I heard you laugh in this film is when he tries to do his inhaler. And at first, he's pointing the gun at yeah. his head as he tries to pu push the thing down. He's like, oh, shit. Because that's exactly what I was thinking. It's like, what a stupid idiot. <laughs> I cannot imagine almost them coming up with that kind of stuff on set. Okay, yeah. That kind of stuff is really, really natural. Uh, I love the bit where he's, he accidentally shoots the gun. He shoots a Rambo poster on the wall. Mm -hmm. And he's like, what they don't tell you is guns are really loud. If Rambo was shooting that minigun, he'd be learning fucking sign language. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Bruce Willis is half deaf because of Die Hard. Did you know that? Really? Yeah. There's a scene in Die Hard where he's under some glass table or something. Okay. He has a gun next to his head. It was shooting blanks, but it was still the same loudness. Yeah. He's gone deaf in one of wow. his ears just because of that. It's true. The weird thing about saying that is that it kind of sets up this movie as being realistic and then it doesn't follow up <laughs> at all. I kind of wish it didn't have that because it's not that kind of movie where it goes, well, this is what really happens okay, and then yeah. something stupid happens, you know. That happens a few times. He gets the phone call from Schism and they tell him, oh, you're fighting Nyx. And he's like, who the fuck is Nyx? 
and then it cuts to like a really stylized thing on the screen introducing Nick's because it's already done the Nick's versus Vadim yeah, intro. Yeah. So he does that again, image of her Nick's, and underneath it says, "This is fucking Nick's." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's so many little bits of this film that you just. I think I'd have to watch it all again to catch them all. Yeah, I'd like to watch it again, to be fair. Yeah. Yeah. Did you also read the tattoo on her neck at the front? No. I I know her gun says kindness. Yes. So she kills people with kindness. (laughs) Uh, I didn't see the tattoo, no. Uh, She has a tattoo on her neck that says, if you can read this, you're standing too close. I love her character design is awesome. And again, trivia. I have a fun fact. Did you, did you read the same fact that I read I think about so, that? that she went to restaurants. Yeah, yeah, she stayed in costume. She tried to go to restaurants and they just refused to serve yeah. her. My favourite part of her costume, which she doesn't always wear, is her Lego knuckle dusters. <laughs> really? Yeah, did you not see that? <laughs> no. She has Lego knuckle dusters, <laughs> which is perfect. <laughs> Do you remember the disguise she wears to walk into the police station? Yeah, it's like a mustache. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's just like a blonde woman wearing a hat and like this really <laughs> fake mustache. <laughs> she just walks into the police station. It's clearly a woman. <laughs> yeah, and looks up. This guy. Yeah. I chuckled at that too. That's funny. And she's really disappointed that he has no criminal record. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I think if they do the opposite there, which is like, oh my God, he has no criminal record. He must be so good. Okay. You know? <laughs> yeah, that's a good, that would have been quite cool. Uh, this guy's such a psychopath. So he's so yeah. he's such a genius. Yeah. He's, he's evil, but no one he knows. Yeah. <laughs> There's lots of interesting things and visually interesting things. They trying to keep the action interesting. They have this tumbling camera. Have you yeah, that? that I really liked that. Yeah, well, I can I, see it being quite disorientating for some, but I really liked it. So as he like falls over and falls over the coffee table, yeah, the camera spins with him as he rolls. They use it a few more times as yeah. well, and not just for like motion. They use it for to um, communicate like uh, someone's out of control. Yeah, someone's losing the plot. Yeah, and yeah. They, yeah, the whole yeah. world is turning. It felt to me like they rigged up something specifically for that because it wasn't digital for sure oh yeah yeah yeah. they definitely Um, spun the camera yeah yeah so it's just interesting because it felt like the same motion every time um i feel like that because of the limited budget of the film they did just use the same things mm -hmm. over and over to take because that's all they had on hand it's the same with the music Mm -hmm. did you notice the music as well where they have like three songs but they use them over and over and over again (laughs) obviously you've got the cypress hill song when shit goes down, yeah. you better be ready. They use that like three or four times. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. He has a ridiculous like kind of outfit of um, uh, like a robe. bathrobe. Yeah, yeah, like a bathrobe. Bathrobe. But my favorite part is the tiger kind of, <laughs> again, what are those Slippers. Called? Slippers. Yeah, the Giant t- tiger slippers <laughs> that he can barely walk in. <laughs> uh, that, that made me happy. Very happy. What did you think of Nova's reaction? Nova is his ex-girlfriend. Is he not thinking about dragging his girlfriend into this? Like, there's no thought of, you know, approaching her while there's a murderer after her. <laughs> you know? It was just a bit weird. He's got this date with his um, ex-girlfriend to make up, possibly. And he just jumps into her car as she's leaving. Doesn't just jump in like normally, he jumps in through the passenger window. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. He always has to make up excuses of why he can't use his hands. Yeah. <laughs> Got horrible carpal tunnel syndrome. Can you just yeah. use my inhaler? <laughs> yeah, put it in my mouth and use it for me. <laughs> the asthma inhalers, again, very crank. When I go back to like a reference you understand, old man. Okay. <laughs> uh, like Popeye with spinach. It's kind of like that. <laughs> Oh, you, now I know what you're talking about. Yeah, you were in the you were in around the thirties, right? I understand that reference. The reason I compare it to Crank is like the visual language of it is very similar. Which like POV shot, it comes in, yeah, and it's like this surge of energy. Music comes on. Um, it's very very cool. I like that they did that for something as basic as yeah an inhaler. Yeah, it was like a, it was like Hot Fuzz as well, or yeah. or uh, Shaun of the Dead, where it was like all these small things received their own kind of special non diegetic sounds. Yeah, like yeah yeah yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> and then as they park up, and then he tries to explain to the girlfriend, and she's not really listening, so he's like. Okay, um, oh, you swear you're not going to freak out if I show you my gun hands? 
Of course, she freaks out. She pepper sprays him. He falls out of the car and she drives away. Yeah. Miles, this character's a bit dumb at the beginning. He's especially, like, he's waving the guns at the cops. Yeah, that's the dumbest bit. But I think going to, like, an ex probably isn't the way to go. Yeah. Because he's partially online stalking her. You would go to someone you know yeah. and be like, yo, can you help me? I would say, look, I've got guns bolted to my hands. Yeah, you try and explain yeah, it first. Yeah, try to explain it first. Well, you start off with, like, so I was at home last night trolling. Yeah, Some people yeah, broke yeah. in and they've really messed up my hands. You wouldn't just be like, hey, look at these. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's what I mean. And again, dragging his girlfriend into this, or ex-girlfriend. I'm like, come on. With great power comes great responsibility. You shouldn't do that. Who wouldn't want to put their ex-girlfriend in deadly situations? <laughs> <laughs> Not if you want to make up with her. <laughs> True. This is when he, like, collapses in the alley. Hobo. The hobo. Played by... That guy you like. Reese Darby. Yeah, I recognised him and I kind of remember him from Jumanji 2, the next Jumanji. He's just good in everything that he does. He was hilarious. He oh, was hilarious. I love him. And I'm reading on IMDb, his name in the film apparently is Glenjamin. <laughs> I don't think that ever comes up. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's like Jimantha. <laughs> This was really funny because Daniel Radcliffe, he's, he's had enough and he like, you don't see anyone else in the scene and he puts the gun to his face and the hobo's like, you don't want to do that? Oh, uh, why not? I've got nothing to live for. And the hobo's like, yeah, I don't care about that. <laughs> You're not aiming at the brain. If you're depressed, you want to do it properly. If you do that, you're just going to mess up your face. Then you'll be even more depressed because of your fucked up face. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. He's going to tile the dirt on himself. I wrote down a note saying Daniel Radcliffe looks shit good (laughs) 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 and what I mean by that right in movies there's a way they make a character look shit and it's a very it's a very fake Hollywood way of making someone look shit but he genuinely looks shit he's like greasy hair you know bags under his eyes he genuinely looks crap (laughs) and that's good I like the realism of that I think somewhere in their conversation, they figure out that he's being tracked through his phone. Oh, yeah, okay. Goes into work. <laughs> he goes up to his workmate and he's like, can you just have a look at my phone? Yeah. It's in my pocket. <laughs> and they have this whole conversation about, no, I'm not going through your pocket. And he's like, oh, I'm really sorry. I glued my hands <laughs> yeah. to the inside of my jacket. I think a lot of these things could have been avoided if he just told the truth and mm. just let them calm down, maybe. Interesting thing, right? I asked you at some point, where is this take place? Yeah. And you said somewhere in America. And I was like, the cars look really European, like on the road. That was really weird. It's filmed in Germany. Mm -hmm. I just had like this whiplash of everyone is like American accent. And, you know, you'd have the fire escape that's very just in America. There's nowhere else in the world like that. Yeah. And yeah, it's just like fucking Suzuki's. And (laughs) (laughs) it was really weird. Those European cars, Mercedes and that kind of stuff. Some of the architecture is very European as well. And they filmed in New Zealand as well. So I guess... Seems like a very international shoot. Yeah. Yeah, I bet they just, you know, wherever there was tax breaks... Mm. Like the internal stuff is in one country and the externals in another. Yeah, for them it was like, oh, it doesn't really matter. We're not going to say where we're from. Mm. So going back to your point earlier, about bullets and all that kind of stuff. So obviously he goes to work and predictably it goes a bit wrong for him. Stands up to his boss. Yay! And then Nix turns up and starts shooting up the place. And there's one guy... Just listening to music on his headphones while yeah. all the chaos happens around him. Like a minute ago, you said you're like, it's deafened someone. Yeah. And now he just small headphones is what you need to cover gunshots. Yeah. Miles says as well, oh, this is not like a regular movie. This is not about love and that kind of stuff. Don't say things like that and then completely go off silly, you know? Like, <laughs> like just don't say that because just enjoy the silly, you know? You don't have to be like, no, this is how it really is. Let's get into my caveat. It's, it's all in all the action scenes, which are going to ramp up from now on. Yeah. This guy, this movie is directed by a visual effects artist. Okay. Why does the blood look so shit? Yeah, there is one bit in it. I think someone's bleeding on the floor and it genuinely looks like someone's spilling ketchup. That and just all the blood spurts. It's just the worst and genuinely the worst ones I've ever seen. I'm not joking. It was like Adobe After Effects plugins. (laughs) And they, they mentioned The Walking Dead and I think that's the 
closest one I remember is the worst one with the blood plugins. Is literally if you just drag in an effect and do nothing else with it. Okay. It stood out so much and it's so bad, even by digital standards, which I already don't like. But it was just so bad and stood out so much, especially because like there's so many great visual effects. But the blood spurts was awful, just awful. What kind of visual <laughs> effects guy is this? Maybe they ran out of money or something. Uh, Maybe like just in post they're like, oh, we should have took it up on himself if he's a visual effects guy. We just finished the fucking movie. It just looks so bad. I didn't notice to be honest. And it stood out because everything else looks pretty good. But like this cartoon blood spurt. <laughs> and every every scene. I think from now on there isn't a scene where someone doesn't get shot. Yeah. There's like took like, I don't know, 10% of enjoyment from mm, okay. me. Because it just looks so fake and so bad. I think at this point Miles steals a car from someone. Yeah. Questionably driving it. Yeah. <laughs> Vix is chasing after him on a motorbike. Yeah. And this film's pretty ridiculous. We can establish that. But the one bit in this film that was just a bit too far for me is when she wheelies the motorbike, which then makes her jump up onto his car, ride over the roof, (laughs) stick the back wheel through his windshield, and try to kill him by revving the back of the bike into his face. No, I like that. That was cool. <laughs> I think that was that was the right amount of ridiculous for me. Okay. Yeah, that was fun. The right amount of ridiculous for me is the next bit, where he crashes into the car in front of him, and he gets shot out the front windshield. Mm-hmm. And it's all very slow motion. Like, <laughs> but he crashes through the windshield of the car in front of him, mm. and then gets out of that car. <laughs> yeah, there was definitely like a spectrum of ridiculousness portrayed in this film. And... There were moments where he was trying to kind of pull back and become more serious, and that's why I didn't like it. Okay. And that's coming up at some point. So they go into an abandoned building, and Miles is kind of like shooting at Nick's, and she just gets so fed up at him being terrible at shooting. She starts giving him a shooting <laughs> lesson. Yeah. <laughs> She's like, oh, bend your arm, point, and these things down the front, they're not just for show, they're called sights. <laughs> Use them to aim at what you want to kill. Yeah. But he escapes, yay, because mm-hmm. it'd be a short film otherwise, because this is where we learn that Nyx is afraid of fire. Yeah, there's a contradiction there, or a plot hole, or something like that. Okay. In the very first scene, very first scene when she's fighting the other guy, his car blows up. She doesn't bet tonight. She just drives off. Oh, really? Yeah. I wrote down fire scare her, but not at the beginning? Question mark. Okay, I didn't remember. Didn't yeah. know at the beginning. And then... Maybe it's because it's not as close to her? If you're being... I guess so. Also, I wrote down boo, cliche story. Yeah, okay. This is where it goes into that cocaine bear territory a little bit. Just, <laughs> right. just a little bit to be annoying. Where, like... And now we gotta have a cliche story about tragedy. I was like, oh. mm. do we? Do we need that? It didn't need that at all. No, probably not. Talk a bit a bit later about who Nix's family turned out to be. Yeah, I, that no. I would, no, I would agree that wasn't particularly necessary. It's just a bit grown worthy, and just should have just cut it out. Yeah, uh, schism kidnaps Nova. Mm-hmm. Much to the surprise of nobody. And at this point, Daniel Radcliffe's invested. He's not going to just run away anymore. He's going to fight back. So he goes to this car junker place. He turns the tracker on his phone and he phones the police all at the same time in the hope that everybody's going to kind of come together and they'll fight each other and he can just walk away. But he accidentally runs into like this massive drug deal between two gangs. That was hilarious. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Um, the gangs are accusing each other like who's this guy he's with you he's got guns on his hands oh no he's with you and they have a big argument about it (laughs) yeah because he Daniel Radcliffe and Miles he went to like a secure place yeah (laughs) (laughs) like accidentally a drug deal happening there this is quite a cool scene because she appears on top of like a big stack of cars with a minigun yeah yeah I think she says like this is giving me such a hard on right now (laughs) something later she's like this is giving me a lady boner Oh, yeah. (laughs) Funny stuff. It is funny stuff. This is where Miles kills for the first time. Yeah. Yeah. Random drug dealers chasing him. He sells it well. Yeah, and he gets arrested. 
There's two policemen, and the main one is Nix's father. Yeah. And when they were... And the other one's a blue M&M fanatic, or yeah. blue Skittle fanatic, or something. Yeah, I've got something to say about that guy, too. I'll say it now. Okay. His face was so familiar. His name's Edwin Wright. I feel like he's been in, like, NCIS or something, you know? Something that you might have seen one time, but then never thought about ever again. He was in Turbo Kid, which is a movie very similar to this, but even less budget. Right. <laughs> kind of Mad Max on bikes. Right. But, like, bicycles. Really? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's on my list. I want to watch it with you. <laughs> that sounds fun. But, yeah, we get into the sub story. The completely boring... Thankfully, they don't spend too much time on it. They don't. This film comes in at a pretty lean 98 minutes, I think. Yeah, yeah it flew by. Yeah. As much as you don't want this stuff in it, you probably need it. Otherwise, you probably, at that point, can't call it a film. Yeah, but can they just fill it up with something else that time? It's just more guns. More guns. More guns, more You shooting. know what would have fit in this film? Some fake Edwards. Some fake over-the-top uh, yeah. Robocop-style Edwards. Red alert. Red alert. Red alert. You crossed my line of death. You haven't dismantled your MX stockpile. Pakistan is threatening my border. That's it, Buster. No more military aid. <laughs> Nuke them. Get them before they get you. Another quality home game from Butler Brothers. Yeah, I just wish it's just anything else in place of this very, very, very basic crybaby bullshit. Mm. Especially when they set up the movies like, this isn't your grandma's movie, and then put in this fucking Hallmark Lifetime little movie in the middle. Yeah. This bit does something that I've always thought of in my head, and no film tv series has ever like confronted it and i'm so happy that this film has finally put this out there guy's wearing a bulletproof vest and he gets shot in the head Mm. (laughs) anytime anyone's wearing a bulletproof vest in any film any tv series they always get shot in the chest yeah oh my god it bugs me so much that no one ever aims for the head in (laughs) in the film because clearly not wearing bulletproof armor on his face Shoot him in the face. Mm. I wrote down, how did he put on the bulletproof vest? But later on, it gets... Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah. I, I had a few ones, nitpicks, where I'm like, oh, actually, yeah. Okay. It, it, it proved me wrong. But also with the bulletproof vest, I think I came back because Mars gets shot later. Yeah. By Nyx as a setup. I wrote down, do they expect us to forget about it, the bulletproof vest? <laughs> you know, like it just happened like two scenes ago. <laughs> they really milked that moment where it's like, Mars is shot, he's finally yeah. dead. And all the people are reacting, all the five people they could get to react. <laughs> <laughs> but they promised a pretzel or something. <laughs> a pretzel and a beer. I understand the end of this note, but I don't understand the start of it. Schism guy recording 30 minutes. Oh, the 30 minutes is... Uh, that's how much time he has. Mars. Right. That's how much time he has to uh, kill Nyx. Yes, that is right, yeah. Yeah. Quite enjoyed the strict time limit. Um, put me on the edge of my seat, quite literally. It was like, oh, what's going to happen? 30 minutes is barely anywhere, you know. Oh, because he's running away at this point, yeah. isn't he? He's yeah. like walking out of town. Yeah. And I really like this as well. He records it on his little handheld camera and then hands it to someone. And he's like, oh, put a filter on that, make me look good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but he ends it with, that might have been a bit over the top. <laughs> yeah. I like the little touches like that. Yeah. I was like, oh, sorry, okay. So we're done recording. Cut this out. <laughs> put something on it to make me look good. That was good stuff. <laughs> Yeah, so I've got the note here as well. He has this meet with Nick. Nick shoots Miles, um, clearly wearing body armor. Yeah. 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 Which I guess makes sense because from the audience's perspective, they wouldn't have seen the police. So what? the audience thinks he's dead and they rightly think he's dead. Oh, the audience in the film? Yes. All right. Okay. Because <laughs> I didn't think. Yeah, not the audience <laughs> of the film, the audience in the film. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Got it. Yeah. Is that the point where the hobo starts watching the... The, the fake TV, yeah. <laughs> I, I, I called it. Did you? I called a joke. I knew the screen would be broken. <laughs> Proof. I didn't know that they keep cutting to him. Yeah. <laughs> after we revealed that the screen is broken. They should have left that to the end. He keeps following, 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 and the end, the screen is broken. But whatever. 
I like quite like it. I liked it because he was still accurate in his commentary. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Again, you can be a little bit nitpicky with this if you choose to. Why would they take Miles' body back to their super secret hideout? It's not really necessary. Um, I don't know. You can make up excuses. Like, it's all an underground fighting situation, so they need to do some sort of cleanup to get rid of some evidence. Okay. Um, yeah, I suppose like they need to unbolt the guns from his hands, yeah. maybe, or something. Yeah, something. But it just seemed odd. I think because they're such psychopaths, if they needed to like get the guns back, what they would have done as characters is just chopped off his hands and taken those. Yeah, yeah, I guess. But, you know, plot. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> That wouldn't help the plot. So you you know he's, he was wearing body armor. You know that he's going to come back alive. You know that Nyx is in on it. Yeah. Because otherwise she'd have shot him in the head. And there's this flashback scene where it then explains all of that yeah, for yeah. you. And yeah. again, I've written down like... Not flashback, not really necessary, but it is only 19 minutes long, so they had to keep some stuff in. I suppose, yeah, that was for the dummies. The that dummies. Was, yeah, that was for the dummies in the audience who don't haven't seen a film before. From this point on, it's pretty much just fighting. It is. It's got some good bits in it, though. Like, at the very start of this, he lets Nix in, and she's, he's like, you take the lead. And she's like, why, why should I take the lead? Blah, blah, blah. Oh, you go in the door. Yeah, you, you, go. you go through the door first. It's like, I'm not good at opening doors. He holds up his guns. My favourite bit in that conversation was not that, but that they argue so much that someone comes and locks what the argument's <laughs> about. Yeah, so they're fighting. There's some lame one-liners. Oh, I like them all. Did you like Hammer Time? I didn't like Hammer Time. Oh, there you no. go. Yeah. So that's um, one lame... Li- I got oh. a note here as well. Again, nitpicky. So he busts through the doors of the warehouse and Nix and him have teamed up. And it's a pretty cool scene where they're like... Because, again, they shoot it over, like, two levels as well. You can see two stories, and he, you can see him shoot up, and you can see him shoot over there. But suddenly, he's a very good shot. Yeah, I didn't like that. Mm. And it gets worse, that part. Okay. Because uh, he suddenly becomes a terrible it, shot again. No, because he suddenly becomes, like, a spoiler alert. <laughs> he becomes, like, an international schism buster at the end. It's uh, like okay. a, He becomes James Bond, basically. <laughs> And I was like, why? Kind of would have liked the movie more if he was just you no, know, still stumbling and yeah. kind of falling over himself. It would have been funny if he just went back to work. It just on the <laughs> shitty games. <laughs> I don't know, but you can do it in a way where in the first half of a film where he's just kind of lucky and just stumbling through this whole thing. He could be basically the Bilbo in The Hobbit. Which okay. is like, he's just in this fucking war and he just like fucking try, looks out for himself. It would have been quite cool if he like tried to shoot people, but he shot like a gas tank next to someone mm. and it hit them in the face. Mm. And, or, and then he tried to shoot someone on the balcony, but it hit a chain and it stabs him in the head with the bit yeah. of metal or something. It could be like he's not trying to kill people, but he's like accidentally killing people. And it's just like in horrible ways. <laughs> that could have been a gag. He's still trying to be pacifist. And he's like accidentally killing people in the like the accidentally most horrible ways. <laughs> and he's like, Nix is like, oh my god, you're brutal, <laughs> such a psychopath. Yeah, like I don't know, he, he shoots like an oil drum, and yeah. he somehow lights a fire, and is like running out. I was like, oh my god, that's I wouldn't do that to anyone. <laughs> that would have been a funny gag. Talking of funny gags that are a bit excessive and a bit psychopath. This is where she keeps shooting people in the dick. <laughs> yeah. She does that in the beginning as well. A few oh, times. does she? Yeah, yeah. Cutting her signature, I guess. And I missed the next bit because I was writing notes about dick shots. <laughs> but the quote at the end of it was, never bring a spork to a gunfight. Yeah, it was a guy who was eating lunch or something. Okay. <laughs> and he was just like, trying to attack them with a spork, I guess. <laughs> He's like, what was he even trying to do? I don't know. <laughs> yeah, so now she fights the hammer guy. The hammer time. Uh, I think there was like five one-liners in a row that I didn't like. Okay. But the one I really didn't like was hammer time. Yeah. And I have the power of like, pointless. At this point, someone throws a knife and she gets her two fingers cut off. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and again, one-liner alert. She's like, Friday nights just got very lonely. Yeah, yeah, that was good, that was good. <laughs> I thought that would just be kind of like a throwaway thing. 
And then my favorite thing is the continuous joke with the middle finger. Yeah, that she's trying to put a middle finger up to Mars, and he's like, "What? What's happening? She picks what are mid- you trying to do?" She picks her middle finger up off the floor and then puts it on. Yeah, but then he puts it in his pocket <laughs> for later. Yeah, not the other one, just that one. Yeah, just that one. The important one. <laughs> Two fights happening simultaneously, and then one of my favorite bits of the film, so much so that I went back a little bit to see a bit yeah. of it again, is. They do this really cool... They only do it in this scene. I think it would have been cool to do it in other scenes. And there's games that do it as well. There's I can't remember what it's called. It's like there was a sniper game. And the idea was to shoot people with a sniper from miles away. But you followed the bullet and then it x-rayed and it kind of... Oh, it's uh, Mortal Kombat, the recent ones. Mortal Kombat does that yeah, as well. T- 9, 10, 11. So, but it's only in this scene in the film where she grabs a hammer and he, she hits him in the knee and it x-rays and you see his knee shatter. Yeah. And then she hits him in the jaw and you see his jaw shatter. Mm-hmm. And then she hits him in the balls and nothing happens. I was disappointed. <laughs> Again, there's no, there's no bones in your balls. There's no bones in your balls, but you could have done something like, I don't know, an explosion. That's you know. <laughs> explosion. Explosion of what? Like X-ray doesn't show anything other than bones. I you still see like some bits, don't you? Yeah, you see, I like... guess the outline. But yeah. that's not. An interesting... I think you could have made that. Okay, it's not a real X-ray. Like <laughs> you could have CGI'd that to just like. Go... Okay, you just have to look at X-ray dicks somewhere else. Like <laughs> Rick Evans. One of my favorite one-liners in the film. Can't remember who says it. I I assume it's Nick's, but she's talking to Richter. Mm-hmm. So Richter, if you haven't seen the film, is like this bald guy. He's quite oldish, yeah, fifty odd. It's kind of like a, a Nazi Captain Picard. Yep. Okay, <laughs> that's a really accurate description. Actually, because I actually reminded he reminded me of um, Patrick Stewart's a Nazi character in Green Room. Have you ever seen Green Room? No. He plays like a Nazi leader. It's a pretty good film. Okay. Yeah. His last film that he tried his acting in. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I think Nix is talking to him, but the guy's got tattoos all over his face and he's, all that kind of stuff. And Nix describes him as a worn out dildo that someone's taken a Sharpie to. <laughs> nice. Now she kills herself. Yeah. I'm not a fan of that. I wasn't a fan of that either. Because it, it was like a fun movie and like you make this character with the cliche but sad backstory and then she just dies. What's, yeah. What's the point of that? I, t- I get the feeling like she's avenged her father's death. She hasn't because Richter's not dead yet. But she trusts Miles to kill him and the Why? only way to get Miles out <laughs> is to... Is to sacrifice herself. It doesn't really make sense. Also, the, yeah, that part. Like, why is she trusting Miles to <laughs> kill anyone at this point? Because they just did a big warehouse run. You shot everyone. I guess so. But, like, yeah, he got good at guns in, like, five minutes. Yeah, and he then loses it again. Yeah. By the way, all the way through the fight, you see the counters for the guns throughout the whole film. Every time he shoots a bullet, you see left side, 49. Left side. Lefty. Lefty, Yeah. Uh, and at the end of this whole scene, Miles just has one bullet left. Yeah. I wouldn't put my trust in that. <laughs> I really I would wouldn't. Never, I, wouldn't. <laughs> I really wouldn't. And then, yeah, it's just in terms of, like, the mood of the movie, like, she shouldn't have killed herself. No. You could have incap- incapaci- incapacitated her. Um, Incapacitated? Yeah, that one. Yeah. <laughs> uh, she could have been shot and not be able to move or something mm-hmm. uh, if you want a one-on-one confrontation. But this, like, heroic, I'm going to kill myself, uh, they didn't fit into this movie for me. I thought it was weird. So when I watched it the first time, I figured it was... And this isn't the case because it immediately proves me wrong. Mm-hmm. I figured it was kind of like a director's fuck you in terms of, like, if this film does well, you're going to want to make a sequel, so I'm going to kill off the best character in it. Okay. And But then, like I say, immediately disproves that, because then he becomes Schism Killer. Yeah. I don't think it was motivated by the outside things at all. I think it was just he was thinking of how to wrap up her story, and this is how he thought of that, but I just it wasn't very satisfying. No. But in fun movies, I'm not super fan of people dying, main characters. No. So, uh, they mention a few times in the film early on, like, this cliche rooftop finale. <laughs> Which, obviously, is exactly what happens. Yeah. What was Richter's plan at this point? Get on the helicopter. Yeah, but then what? I guess uh, go to the international uh, schism yeah. that he set up. And again, he now becomes a terrible shot again. Richter's holding her, yeah. and he shoots, 
and it's not even close. Mm. Like he shoots the ledge behind him. Yeah. This is where Richter announces his plans for an international schism. Yeah. He he decides. Well, he's talking to Miles, and I missed the first two. He says like a few things, but he wants to be the Starbucks of murder and the McDonald's of massacre. Yeah. <laughs> he wants to be more international than Germany, Zealand. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, that joke didn't work. <laughs> it took me a while to figure out what, what you're talking about. How can you get more international than Germany, Zealand? Germ Zealand. Germ Zealand. It <laughs> <laughs> wasn't the girlfriend do anything. Didn't she hit him or something? I think she hits him and then Miles runs at him and gets shot a bunch. I think because he's yeah. got the big gun. Yeah. I think he shoots him with the big gun and then like rugby tackles him onto the ledge. Yeah. And then he sticks Nick's middle finger in his yeah. mouth. <laughs> yeah, that was good. And says Nick says hello. Yeah. And then he falls down. And you laughed at this bit as well. Like I, I wondered why, because he falls to the ground and he just fuds on the ground. It was like a bad effect. <laughs> <laughs> this is the other bad effect other than the blood. This is like falling man, which is hard to do. To be fair. It was like this green screen is like ah, oh, it's clearly just standing on like a green screen <laughs> and just doing this, and do, it's just making this, it smaller. Doing this. Yeah. Explain what you're doing. Oh, uh, wait, wait. Oh, this, this is an audio podcast. Uh, he's just waving his hands around like he's falling, but he's clearly just standing on something and he's stationary. That's why I laughed. Okay. <laughs> and just minimize him until he splats on the ground. Yeah. <laughs> zoom out, zoom out, zoom yeah. out, zoom out. Yeah. Blood splatter. That's good. Yeah. Plug in blood splatter. Again, presents itself as this really kind of like realistic thing where he's he gets the girl in the sea of clouds and he's like, well, this isn't actually happening. This is what happens when you bleed out from hemorrhagic shock. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and it just shows him on the ground like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's dying. Yeah. Yeah, again, I'm not sure about this. Weird telling the real. This is in the movie movie. (laughs) This is real life. (laughs) And then, you know, all the things that are contrary to that. (laughs) Yeah, and he gets up and and becomes a schism. Yeah, it becomes like an international spy killer because he half a day training, killing people. Yeah, I think it's like a personal vendetta thing, then he actually has ability to do it. <laughs> okay. He just gets killed on his first mission. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I just... Uh, but the way they showed it, all competent and everything, I was just like, really? Mm. I would have liked... And you don't see much, you just see him in his car. And he's, he's, like, got... he's like in a suit, almost like James Bond. He, he looks well. Yeah. yeah, and he's... I don't know, he speaks confidently. I think that was the implication. Okay. He becomes this, like... He's a badass now. Yeah, he's a badass now. I'm just like... I think a better ending would have been if he goes back to his job <laughs> and it just becomes like a badass there. If you want to go a bit more realistic. Okay. Um, yeah, he just goes back to his job and his boss tries to give him chip and he's like, shut up, Greg. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Puts blood in the squirrel game. <laughs> Somehow. Oh, one thing we didn't talk about that I didn't know where to put in. Uh, what do you think about all the in-the-movie audience reactions? Okay. All those five people. <laughs> As five, I say five A people. huge audience. At some point, Daniel Radcliffe, in this last action scene, he looks up at the camera, you know, the, the almost the Russell Crowe gladiator. Are you not entertained? Okay. That kind of stuff is like... I'm not sure what the message is here. I think the message from the audience in the film is that people suck. Yeah. That people are awful. And if you give them the opportunity, you probably would get people but watching. Problem with that is that he was awful as well, Miles. He was the troll's troll, but that's also not a good thing. No, I think it's just the idea of the audience is to show you that even people you wouldn't expect were watching it. Like there was a group of like young people, there was the jock in the changing room, Yeah. there was the like middle-aged guy, Yeah. Gray, I think he had grey hair as well, he was like, yeah, come on. Yeah, it was the Indian guy. Yeah, that was the middle-aged guy. Okay. Anyone want to bring race into it? (laughs) Rick doesn't see colour. It's a problem with traffic lights. But yeah, so it's the idea that anyone would be watching it and secretly people are terrible. Mm -hmm. All walks of life would watch this terrible I just thought there was some some sort of parallels. 
because I thought that the movie portrays Miles just as bad as the trolls online that he's trolling. No, I disagree. Okay. I, I got it. Like, he was just every man, normal guy, and he's just like fed up with the horrible people in the world. Mm. So he tries to fight the horrible people, but he can only do it in his own way. And the film allows him to fight the horrible people mm-hmm. with guns. I think you're right, but maybe I read too much into it. <laughs> but it's just because on the first scene where we see him trolling, he's just as bad as the people who are trolling Yeah, the him. things he says are fucking horrible. Yeah yeah. yeah, yeah. So that's why I was thinking there would be something to that where he's kind of put into this real situation and he kind of learns to be more respectful. And that's why he's telling off the audience. Yeah. But I guess that's all in my head now. <laughs> <laughs> I guess that's not... Because your, your point makes more sense. Cool. <sighs> that was our movie podcast... Uh, seven out of ten. Oh, okay. It was. Uh, I didn't even ask. I know. I've been thinking about it. Seven because, out of ten. Because I knew you were gonna ask. <laughs> yeah, that's quite a good result. It is. Yeah, it is. And this is like more easy to rate than some of the previous ones, like Atomic Blonde or The Breadwinner. Um, I've got too many conflicting thoughts about those. Yeah. This is pretty good. It's not like a super clear vision in terms of style. Like it could have been tighter. Yeah. It could have been neater. But th- that's always true. You know, the person who does it best is Edgar Wright. This kind of stuff Mm -hmm. is like 70% there. That's why it's 7 out of 10. Okay. (laughs) Edgar Uh, Wright is the 10 out of 10 standard, is he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, for these kind of movies, yeah. Yeah, I think so, yeah. Cool. Anyway, that was our I Hate You Movie podcast on the film Guns Akimbo. Yeah. 7 out of 10. Yeah, what would you give it? I'd give it a 7 as well, probably. No. Maybe even an 8. Okay. It's more of an 8 than a 6 for me. Okay. <laughs> you know what I mean? 7.5. Yeah, it's leaning towards that. But 7.5 a piece. 7.5. I'm just going to keep breaking these ratings down. <laughs> because it's... it's 6.274 yeah. from Daniel. It's pi out of 10. <laughs> <laughs> that's, the, that's the title of this episode. Cool. Thank you for listening. Wait. What? Oh yeah, we have to. You have to yeah, why you keep forgetting? It? I always forget. A- every time to... I'm, it's your recommendation. You keep forgetting mine. So oh, I, okay. I feel, I, I feel. Forgot, sh- I forgot there was the next episode. I feel, I feel you don't want to do anymore after Suspiria. After Suspiria was very close. <laughs> yeah, I want to recommend a movie that you might like. I, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. It's called Kiss Kiss Bang Bang. Okay. Directed by Shane Black, I think it's first direction movie but he's been in the industry forever he wrote lethal weapon predator he's acted in predator as well yeah and it stars robert down jr and it is a funny kind of whodunit murder mystery robert down jr plays a criminal a thief okay sounds pretty good yeah i actually look forward to it okay that was our i hate your movie podcast on guns akimbo don't forget to share like and most importantly subscribe to our channels and follow our channels and x our channels whatever it is and patreon.com for bonus episodes patreon.com slash i hate your movie yes look forward to our uh, halloween episode oh yeah spooky yeah halloween special upcoming Boo. Boo. i'm gonna eat your trousers